I'm Colleen, and this podcast is an inside look at recovery, which I define as a lifelong journey to get out of your own way and become your own best friend. Join me for mindset upgrades that move you from worry and regret to resilience and confidence. I'll share easy strategies for how to feel better without having to make major changes. Because it's not what you do, it's who you are. Self-care is the path to recovery because our needs are not negotiable. Like so many people, the day I quit drinking, I did so for one reason, because I was in pain. I couldn't take it anymore. And at the time, I had no idea just how much of an effect alcohol had on my mental health. The pain I was escaping was hangovers. I was just sick and tired of waking up feeling like shit every day. So as complicated as it felt at the time, quitting was a no-brainer. My initial quitting goal was to quit for one year. And giving myself that kind of time was really nice because part of the insanity of alcohol use disorder is constantly thinking that there's a decision to be made, constantly thinking that there's something to figure out. And so pushing that down the road for a year and and a lot of other major decisions and issues that I had in my life at the time, giving myself the time to not worry about all of it and just focus on myself was the first step in the right direction. What I noticed as I rounded the curve on my one year is that I started to think that I should reward myself for one year of sobriety by celebrating with a drink. And I had done enough work on mindset and just reprogramming my thoughts and beliefs about alcohol to notice that that was insane. That how in the world does a year of sobriety when it feels good and moves you in the right direction, how is it logical to conclude that that means that you're clear to go back to the thing that you just escaped from? And so I caught it and immediately thought, okay, I'm going to do another year. Like I'm not, I'm not falling for that trick. And so fast forward to now, as I approach my third year of sobriety, I can tell you very honestly that I continue to stay alcohol-free for one reason, and that's because I feel better without it. It has nothing to do with alcohol being bad or that I'm the type of person that can't handle it. As a matter of fact, I have found that I'm the type of person that doesn't want or need to drink. I'm the type of person that likes to go to bed at a good time and get a good night's sleep and to wake up feeling fresh. That's the type of person I am. And so trying to backload my personality to fit alcohol just no longer makes any sense. And I still don't say that I'm never going to drink again. I will trust myself at any moment to make a decision if I want a glass of wine or if I want to have a whiskey with my dad or something like that. Like, I'm not afraid of that. I'm just the type of person who prefers not to drink alcohol. And so how do you become that person? When I first quit drinking, I would read books and listen to podcasts and 
there were certain mindset that I was really attracted to. And it wasn't the people that were going to AA and working on their sobriety and and living in fear that if they ever took a drink again, that they'd be right back where they started. That's an illusion. Like there is no going back in life. And I have learned so much about myself and about my own mental health and about what I need as a person to thrive that I'm not afraid of a glass of alcohol. That's not going to set me back. The mindset that I was most attracted to were the people who no longer identified as having a relationship with alcohol at all, whether it be sober or anything. I don't give alcohol any more space in my life than I do Diet Coke or cigarettes. You know, nobody quits smoking and then a year later says, well, I'm going to celebrate a year of not smoking with a cigarette. So the cultural mindset we have about alcohol is very, very irrational and illogical and damaging. And the reason why it's so hard to quit and change is not because alcohol inherently is so addictive. I mean, it is addictive, but that's not the reason. And it's not because there's something wrong with us, like we have all these addictive personalities. That's not it either. It's because the cultural water that we're swimming in is programming us again and again on a daily basis to believe that alcohol somehow is important and necessary, possibly even healthy in some ways, and that using it says something about who you are as a person. And it just doesn't. But it's taken me almost three years to figure that out. And I now see that it would have been so much easier for me to get where I am now very quickly had I had a roadmap for how to change my mind about alcohol, how to change my relationship to alcohol. And so I am bringing back my five-day Change Your Mind Challenge. I ran it for the first time in November, and it was powerful and amazing. The feedback was really strong. And so I have worked it just a little bit more, and I've also putting it into a permanent program um, on my website so that anybody who signs up for it, you'll have access to the old recordings from November. You'll have access to the new recordings if you can't attend live, and then you'll have permanent access. Plus, you'll get the workbook for the How to Change Your Mind Challenge so that you can not only participate live and in real time, but if you're listening to this and it's already passed, you can also go back and take the course again. So the purpose of the Change Your Mind Challenge is to take you from a person who's struggling with the idea of sobriety, you know, overthinking the decision to quit, what does sobriety mean about you, what does sobriety mean in general, what if you can't drink at that wedding or if you're ever on a boat, all those questions that come up, to take you from that level of uncertainty and indecision and show you that where you want to be with alcohol is that you want to become a person who can trust yourself around alcohol, whether you're drinking or not. And there's only one way to do it. And it's not to micromanage your behavior. It's to go into the mindset that has been programmed into us from our society about alcohol. So, you know, the, the question I'm going to answer for you is how to change your mind. And what we're going to start with is how our minds change naturally on their own. Usually that happens slowly and subconsciously. You're not really even aware. 
But people can and do choose to adopt new beliefs, shift their attitudes on purpose for one of usually four reasons. They heard enough that they have to. They see enough that they're inspired to. They learn enough that they want to. Or they're receiving enough that they are able to. So the primary motivation to quit drinking, as I already said, for me, is usually pain. But unfortunately, the motivation to avoid pain is very unreliable. Why? Because it comes and goes with the pain. And so we get stuck in this cycle of rupture and repair. So we look for a solution in context to the problem. And the solution to the pain of drinking too much seems logical, just drink less. But that rarely works as prescribed because less alcohol equals less pain and therefore less motivation. And that's quite the pickle. That's why we end up quitting and starting and cutting back and getting new rules. And then we feel better. And then we go for a year of sobriety like I did. And we're like, oh, I know, I'll just have a drink and celebrate my year of sobriety. Like it's insane. But the way we change this is to realize we're asking ourselves the wrong question. You know, Einstein says you can't solve a problem with the mindset that sees the problem. You have to shift and ask yourself some different questions. So here's what I've noticed about my own drinking and with all the many people that I work with. Drinkers are viewing drinking as part of an identity. It's their primary preferred coping strategy. And so we have this perception of connection between us and the alcohol, what it means to us, how it feels. And so the idea of quitting feels like denial of self, denial of our well-being. None of us want to be a drinker without a drink. That sounds horrible. So the pain point here is not sobriety itself, but the idea of sobriety. And so, like I said, adjusting to new ideas is a very natural process. We do it all the time without even realizing it. Think back through decades of, you know, the kind of jeans you wore or how you wore your hair, all the fashion faux pas now that were once very stylish or our food preferences, you know, or the people that you're around that you just can't get enough of. Or think about times in your life where you've just decided to change your attitude. Maybe it was a job or your mother-in-law or the fact that you swore you would never actually try yoga or pickleball, whatever. And then at some point, you just decided that making yourself miserable with your attitude or missing out on principle isn't worth it. And so you decide how you want to feel and then just get with the program. So we can realize that our minds do change and that we can change them on purpose. And there are three mechanisms by which change occurs. First of all, we have to be exposed to alternative ideas or methods or activities or whatever it is. We just have to hear about it. We have to know about it. We have to see it. Then we have to experience some sort of social influence. You know, we are tribal creatures, monkey see, monkey do. When we see other people wearing, eating, or doing the thing, 
then suddenly our desire perks up and kicks in because that's just how our brains are wired. And then the third thing that we do that's a mechanism for change is we try and we experience things. And then we find out that it feels better than we thought or it looks or tastes better than we expected. And so little by little, our brains change and we adapt and pretty soon we've got ourselves a new normal. And so instead of trying to figure out, which is what most of us drinkers do, how to minimize the negative consequences of alcohol so that we can keep avoiding sobriety, consider an alternative. What if you just became one of those people, as I describe myself, who doesn't enjoy drinking anymore? And that's how you think of yourself. I'm just one of those people who doesn't care to drink. It was fun. It was fine for a long time. But something changed with my body and it became a net negative. I don't know why. Maybe it's my hormones. Maybe it was stress. Maybe it's because it's an addictive substance. Maybe it's because it's toxic. Maybe it's just because I grew up. Like, I don't know. It just is not something that I want anymore. And I don't feel the need to explain why. There's no right way to be. And I'm done arguing that I should be a different way. I should be able to drink a little bit like, think about that as an argument. Why are we so attached to the idea that we should be able to drink a certain amount? Like, who cares? You know, and when you take on that attitude, you're like, that is not the hill I'm going to die on. And so the simple and far less painful way to change your mind about alcohol is not to, to worry about alcohol. It's to change your mind about sobriety and to rebrand it, if you will. And so over the course of five days, I'm going to help you rebrand sobriety. And so the first day is going to be all about mindset, because if you want to change your mind, you have to know your mind. You have to know exactly what it is that you're thinking and uncover the conflicting beliefs that are creating all the anxiety inside of your body. You know, just for example, the thought, I want to quit drinking, but I really enjoy drinking. Like those two thoughts are creating chaos in your nervous system. And so I'm going to help you uncover exactly what it is that you do think, your, the obstacles that you're perceiving, the problems that are standing in your way. And then, of course, if you want to change your mind, you have to know what you want to change it to. You need a vision, a game plan, a roadmap. So we're not going to focus on how you currently feel about sobriety or about quitting drinking. We're going to focus on how you want to feel. We're going to go shopping, if you will, for a new attitude. Also on the first day, I'm going to give you four powerful self-coaching tools because let's face it, it's a mess inside your mind right now. You're experiencing uncertainty, confusion, ambivalence, anxiety, shame, fear, frustration, all of it. And so I'm going to give you the tools to sort through that emotional inflammation. The four tools I'm gonna to give you are game changers. I use them every single day. I can only wish that I would have had access to them when I quit drinking because, you know, like I said, my first year of sobriety, I was kind of, you know, circling the AA meetings and reading a lot of quitlet that made me feel like, you know, sobriety was a punishment and that something was wrong with me. 
So these tools that I'm gonna give you are gonna allow you to bypass all of that so that you can very succinctly and intelligently see where you're at, see how to handle where you're at, see where you wanna go, decide how you wanna get where you wanna go, and you're gonna have the tools to make that happen. So that's what I'm gonna cover on day one. And of course, that gets weaved throughout all of the days. The second day, I'm gonna go into the biochemistry of how alcohol affects your happiness, your nervous system, your ability to think clearly. There are so many things that had I known even a little bit of it, I would not have drank as long as I did or as much as I did. You know, when you get through the other side of this, and you will, then we're all gonna have to have a meeting on how to re-educate our kids because the culture that I was brought up in, that I brought my children up in, is completely ridiculous. Alcohol gets a free pass in our society, whereas if it was a new substance coming on the market, it wouldn't even probably get approval. It wouldn't be legal. And there are things that you, once you understand why it's so hard to quit drinking and that it's not you, it's your brain on alcohol, and it's not just the quitting drinking, but all the other symptoms that are starting to bleed out in other areas of your life. Once you realize how alcohol affects you, you're not gonna wanna have anything to do with it anymore. I promise you that. The information that I cover on day two is what I stumbled across in my first week when I read Holly Whitaker's Quit Like a Woman. So my first week of sobriety, I learned so much that I didn't know how I was going forward, but I sure as hell wasn't going back. Like I got it, it snapped for me. So that's what we're gonna do on day two. And then on day three, information isn't transformation. So as much as it would be nice, if you know, know better, you're gonna do better there's still that pesky little problem of our stress and our emotional resilience. And even though quitting drinking feels amazing, sobriety in and of itself isn't a coping skill. All that's gonna change when you quit drinking is you're gonna feel a lot better, but you still have a lot of work to do to heal the disconnect and the emotional dysregulation and the negative thought patterns that have developed and evolved while you've been drinking. And the fourth day, we're gonna move into thought work and developing the awareness to be able to tell the difference between what's happening in your mind and what's happening in the outside world. And you know the difference between big T truth, which is objective and observable by all, and it's neutral, doesn't mean anything, and then little t truth, which is emotional. You know, we love to throw around this idea that feelings aren't facts, but actually they are the facts that are inside your body. And for years, if you've been using alcohol as your primary coping tool, you're used to just numbing your feelings. But pain, whether it's emotional or physical, can't be ignored. It's a message that something isn't right. And the more you drink alcohol, the more you've become under the impression that what isn't right is out there. And the logical fall fallacy is that if you're going to tune into unwanted thoughts and feelings, that you're going to become an emotional mess who can't control your behavior. But the truth is, your emotions are already a mess, and that's why it's getting harder and harder to control your behavior. And so, 
the 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 key thing here is that tuning into your emotions doesn't mean that you're allowing them to manage you it actually allows you to manage them you're still going to have to let a lot of stuff go of course you are but you can't let go of something that you haven't acknowledged and until you acknowledge it and you're just stuffing it and suppressing it and numbing it you can quit drinking but then check back later and you've got yourself a sugar habit or a shopping habit or you're a workaholic or you're you've kicked your perfectionism into high gear you know quitting alcohol is the opportunity that you get to change the relationship with yourself and part of the change your mind challenge is accepting that invitation that you know alcohol once you get it off the table it doesn't get rid of all your problems it just allows you to deal with them and one of the main problems many of us have is that we haven't been dealing with our emotions and we don't know how to feel anything that hurts and we flinch if and and when you realize that what you are most scared of in this world is the way you're going to feel about something and you learn how to tolerate that discomfort long enough to resolve it inside your body or decide to do the hard thing or take corrective action or forgive or whatever it is you need to do when when you realize that you're afraid of your own emotions not external consequences because you don't really have a choice to deal with those and you know you can you know if your house burns down you can be afraid of that all you want all day long but if your house burns down you just take it step by step and so this this belief that we don't want to feel certain things that is it's that's a huge invitation to change and and developing a new mindset around your emotions is part of the change your mind challenge and the fifth day we're going to fine tune your sober avatar we're going to conjure memories of the future where you choose situations that you've been dreading that you're telling yourself well i can't keep drinking because you know it's going to be my birthday or we're going to italy or somebody's getting married whatever we're going to we're going to conjure these memories and we're going to project our new mindset onto them so that you can practice feeling what it is that you want to feel and decide how you want to think and speak and feel about the fact that you're not drinking and look at yourself from an outside view you know what do other people see in you and what does it mean what does your sobriety mean to them and your their perception of you we're even going to step into a bit of a spiritual realm and look at how these struggles with alcohol could be seen as a gift you know what when you get through to the other side what will you say that you've learned what purpose has this challenge served for you and how does it feel to be on the other side so this five-day challenge is so valuable and i am pricing it at 44 dollars. and again that gives you not only access to me during the challenge but if you're listening to this after the fact or you know that you're not going to be able to attend due to work or whatever it is still worth your investment because you're going to have lifetime access not only to the workbook that i've put together with so many results oriented questions you know one of the problems we don't realize is that our brains are like computers and they're always solving problems in the background 
And when you bring the thought processes that are running in the background into the conscious, you're going to realize that your brain is constantly asking you questions like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why can't you? Why didn't you? This is never going to happen. Who do you think you are? You know, our inside voice is a real bully. And so one of the things that I thread through the, the challenge is how to ask yourself questions that you actually need and want the answer to. You know, like instead of why can't I control my drinking, asking how do I reduce my stress so I don't feel so out of control? Or, you know, asking yourself, what if I feel awkward in social settings because I'm not drinking? Not that your inside voice talks like that, but whatever. Instead of that, asking how do I become more confident about being sober? Or instead of the proverbial rabbit hole of, do I really need to give up alcohol? Asking yourself, how do I manage uncertainty and anxiety so that I feel better taking care of myself? So the questions that I pose for you alone in this course are worth 10 times the value. And when you purchase, you get lifetime access, not only to the workbook, but also to former challenge. So I've already run this once before and all of those videos will be made available. And then as the replays become available for this challenge, those will be in there. And then in the future, I can imagine I'll be stocking more videos. So for $44, like, like you could go to rehab for $44,000 <laughs> or you could take a class and just change your mind about alcohol and, you know, be done with it and move on with your life. Now, that being said, if you're listening to this in real time and you can join me live, the benefits of coming live are that you're going to be able to get coaching with me. So if you sign up and you get the workbook and you do some of the homework in advance, then you're going to get that much more out of showing up and, you know, saying, well, this doesn't make sense, or I tried this and it doesn't work, or I tried this and then this happened, what now? Coaching is such a valuable thing. You know, trying to do all of this yourself, trying to change your mindset by yourself. If you're female, it's kind of like trying to put your makeup on without a mirror. You know, you kind of know how much blush to put on and where the eyeliner goes, but it really, really helps to have a reflection. And when you show up to um, our calls, I'm going to give that reflection to you as well as the other people that are on the call. We learn so much from each other's stories. And even though somebody's circumstances may on the surface present different, we all can see through other people's bullshit. And when you can see other people's bullshit, it's so much easier to turn around and go, wait a minute, I'm doing that exact same thing myself in this way. And so the team camaraderie of knowing you're not alone and of, of working with people who are also working to change their mindsets, it just exponentially changes how quickly your brain can change. Because again, remember, social influence is one of the ways that we are hardwired to respond. Our brains respond to social influence. So participating in a group challenge and having conversations, high-level conversations with people who are playing up instead of, you know, your normal drinking buddies where you kind of have to tone it down, but where you can just be vulnerable and honest. You know, vulnerability is the antidote to shame. Allowing yourself to be seen and know that you're okay and that you're safe 
that allows you to be okay and safe when you're alone. And so it just, it does so much to participate in something like this. So I'm going to put a link to sign up for the challenge in my show notes. And if you have any questions, my email is also there. So just send me a message and I'll get back to you. And I just want to say I'm so excited. This challenge is one of my favorite things to do. And in the past, I've done it for free. And it's not for free because it's a huge amount of work to put on. And now that I'm going to be offering lifetime access and all the technology that goes with that, it's just it's not free. But I promise you it's worth 10x to 1000x its value. So I hope to see you on Thursday um, and inside the Facebook group. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please take the time to rate and review the show so that other people can find it. I really appreciate it. And check out the show notes for any resources I've mentioned, including links to follow me on Instagram and join my private Facebook group where I connect with my tribe every day. I love it in there and we have so much fun. And finally, If you're ready to redefine sobriety so that you can feel excited about quitting drinking, follow the link to my 10 Days to Spontaneous Sobriety course, where I will help you eliminate, eradicate, obliterate, cancel your desire to drink. Because looking and feeling your best is addictive too. I'll see you soon.